0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I come before you today with this message of dire
1: importance. Lately, each movie we make costs about as much as a 10-year-old used car would cost. You save up for a few years and then spend it all on our newest movie. Of course, these movies earn us almost nothing, but it's so much fun. I'd rather have a bunch of movies than a bunch of used cars.
2: Can I come over and watch Freaky Farley
3: with you tonight?
0: The film you're about to see contains scenes of shocking river beast actions which are definitely not for the timid hello and welcome back to another episode of don't let the moturn cast get you a podcast series dedicated to discussing the films of charles roxberg and matt farley i'm here with matt calvin stephen as always and we're happy to welcome our very special guest mr matt farley himself as we discuss the 2007 moturn classic freaky farley how are we doing today everyone
1: great and i think we should
4: add like the most important descriptor of like stacks award winner for original song matt farley as i think what people would oh, yeah, expect absolutely
1: that. you know yeah, that's i'm that's so proud really <laughs> very proud and very grateful yeah <laughs> i listened i listened even when you guys weren't talking about me and it was it was riveting the whole way through <laughs> yeah good those
4: bit, those bits aren't as good to be fair but the matt yeah, farley content is really top draw um that, that, but again a, a great original song so fa- thank you for the music i mean to quote other musicians Anytime. Yes, I'm doing well, Jack. Thank you. How are you? Fine. Very
0: well. Very well. Um, I have rewatched recently probably one of my favorite motor turn media films, and that would be Freaky Farley from 2007. Um, It was a delight to revisit this one. Um, So, this is the only one shot on film in like mid 2000s. I bet that was a very uh, expensive process and a rather tedious process at times, moving from digital to film. How was that for you
1: and Charlie? Yeah, well it's not the only one. The the next movie Manch Vegas also shot on mm. film with with that same camera. Um and it was um it was like a moment it was it's kind of like enough already. You know, we've done all these movies on mini DV, you know, like we we had people that we we knew we could count on to show up for filming and we 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 had figured out like the most economical way to get a performance out of somebody before they tell us they're not going to work with us anymore. You know? <laughs> that very delicate uh, <laughs> line. And so it was like, all right, we, and, and I mean, ultimately what's most important is Charlie like knows how to, like knows how to shoot on a, a film camera, you know? So, you know, he has like the little light reader and stuff and he's like figuring out exactly um, how, how much to open the, the thing. I don't even know what it's <laughs> called the thing, you know? um so That's so the, the, the biggest secret weapon f- f- for me is that charlie is a, is a master of uh of uh the visuals so basically he was like i can make it on film and i was like all right well let's do it you know and it felt really cool and exciting because like fuji film we had an account with fuji film and it was just like isn't it cool we have an account with fuji this is amazing like we'd come home from all day of filming and at my door would be a box with more uh you know reels of film and it was like this is so cool and so expensive it came i believe it was uh 30 dollars a minute um uh you know wow. and and that's not that's not <laughs> of the finished product that's you know yeah. that's if you make a mistake if you make a mistake if you're doing a minute long shot and you make a mistake, you know, 30 seconds in, it's just like, Oh, there's $15 that we've lost, you know? And then it just kept adding up. But, um, but it's, it's, you know, I, I lived in a, a tiny one room studio apartment and, um, and basically it was like, uh, you know, who I, I didn't do, I don't, it didn't have a social life or anything. And so I was happy just to, to save the money for a while and then to 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 spend it on that because it was like I want I want this more than I than than um anything else <laughs> frankly that my money could get me. So it 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 felt exciting and thrilling. It was like, you know, Charlie came and we we basically shot the whole thing in like a two week stretch where you know he took week off two weeks off of work. I took two weeks out off of work. And I mean, in the in the making of like uh, video, you can see just like my, my tiny apartment is just a mess of just props and equipment. And like you can barely even walk on the floor because we didn't have time to clean up or anything. But um, it was, you know, two two of the most fun weeks of my life. So, I mean, obviously,
4: obviously there are some like wider, like and often very pretentious debates about like the film digital divide. And I think a lot of it goes down to I think the most convincing case I've heard for it, It's like the psychological impact of filming on film of like that changing like the mood of thing and like also being like a resource to use up was that part of it for you of it it psychologically to you feeling more like a film because you're shooting on film was that the motivating factor
1: yeah that's that's a good point and for sure because it's like all right folks this is for real Mm. there's (laughs) really no second takes it used to be we don't want to do second takes because um it's going to take up too much time but now we don't want to do second takes because we, we cannot, we cannot possibly afford, uh, afford, uh, that luxury. So, and, you know, hearing the, yeah. you know, uh, in, in the camera, um, w- w- just kind of like, it's like, Oh man, this is the real deal. And, um, so yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't really specifically thought about that, but that is a thing. Yeah. Uh, it brings um, the A game suddenly
5: the material and, uh, um, physical considerations with the film also kind of like tie back into uh, the things that we celebrate that have influenced your work. Uh, the um, what do you call it? the uh, Screamtober or what is it? What's your uh, shock marathon? Shock marathons, yeah, yeah. Um, and we've been uh, looking into like the Pit and uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two, um, and we had you on the Twin Geeks podcast or a uh, sister podcast that uh, we explored kind of Friday Thirteenth Part Two and the relationship between horror and like the parts where you're just kind of hanging out with the crew, which I think a freaky Farley and some of these later movies really get for me. Cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And just like the cosmic joke too, like if you really pull it back and and you're like, we are, we're putting everything we got into a project that is not loosely based, but very like (laughs) structurally very (laughs) much based on Silent Night Deadly Night part 2 like <laughs> that incredible. is that is insane like wait you guys are like like basically saying we're all in on making a movie that that follows the structure of one of the least respected films in the history of film I love it so much. There's like almost directors out there who are like, "I have made a Hitchcock pastiche. Like this is basically Strangers
4: on a Train," and you're like, nope, "No, no." Like, like there's like been like that like trend of like all those like Rear Window movies. You're like, "No, nope. no, nope. yeah. we're not. We're not going for Rear Window. We're going for The Pit and Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute yes. Genius. So, I love it so much. Yeah,
1: just to to sit there and and you know Charlie and I think it's genius. We're like, "Isn't this awesome that we're putting mm. all this effort into what is essentially our version of um, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2? um and it's great i love that we did it and that we didn't care if anyone even got that part of the joke and frank no one when when it came out you know a few horror sites reviewed it and they they didn't like it because they were like like this is uh you know they're just like this is not i I guess like torture porn was big at the time Mm. you know and that's not what we were giving to the people so when are you making
4: a torture porn film out of interest because you know,
1: <laughs> clearly you're you, clearly you're behind
4: trends so like now that torture porn isn't big anymore when is the hostel kind of like the matt farley hostel maybe coming
1: yeah we yeah no, i mean we feel bad uh you know even the the violence in freaky farley sometimes we 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 feel guilty about it so uh that's as far as we go pretty much oh,
4: that ending sequence is one of my favorite things of any of your movies so just like that utter chaos at the end you're just like ripping into the drugs it's just <laughs> <Yes>. it's just <laughs> what I want. And I and I like that it is only that bit as well, but it's like it's building up to like, no, we're just going just like it's it is so it reminds me of like the end of like anthropophagus or something of like, no, we're just like going mad and here's just like some madness to watch on screen, and then that's just all the film done.
5: <laughs> I think there's greatness. that signature kindness, wouldn't you say, in your work that's uh um you're you're not going to go too far. Nothing's going to be too insulting. We had a few issues with Sammy, but uh, overall we found everything very endearing, I think, within your work is there. Uh, what's what's the motivation uh, do you try to keep it very kind and uh, it's almost very polite filmmaking
1: yeah yeah um, you know I mean part of it is that is you know the people that we especially then the people we were showing it to were um were just friends and family hmm. and um, you know you don't want to show your grandma some like, uh, yeah. some like cutting <laughs> I mean, edge harsh yeah I, difficult I, I, Work. I
4: agree, Matt. I once went to the cinema of my grandma to watch uh, Vin Diesel's Triple X and it was one of the most embarrassing things of my life. <laughs> I was like twelve at the time and there was a really raunchy scene and my grandmother looked me down in the eyes and just went, Are you enjoying this? And I was like, No.
6: <laughs> <now>. Oh,
1: that's <laughs>
4: not good. <laughs> it <was> not good. <laughs>
0: Doing power so, plays for, on
1: me. I mean, frankly, Freaky Farley is kinda edgy, you know. Um it, it's got the this the, the um the skinny dipping scene, you know, yeah, and yeah, uh yeah. And, and, and it's, it's very dark, you know? And, and, and so we did do a premiere, we rented out a theater and, and we had two screenings. It was with like the older generation was there for the first screening and then the younger generation for the second one. And you could feel very different reactions, you know, where the older people were just like, man, what are these kids? What is wrong with these kids? You know, (laughs) but then when our, you know, when our peers were watching it, they, they got it and they were cracking up. So you know, it's it, you know, it's funny to to have your artistic uh, choices depend on like the taste of your parents' retired mm. friends, but that's
4: that's how you, it do, is. Do you feel the needs to appeal to the audience then, or do you feel like you are making it for the group, or do you feel
1: like you're making it for yourself, and it's great that they glom onto it? Um, it, it, you know, it's it's a little like you know, like for for her, she got married. We we made it, and and we were at a point where um we we knew we weren't going to be award-winning heard she got marriage oh, oh good point good point yeah we we knew like it wasn't we weren't gonna be screening it you know so we didn't have to get like uncles and aunts um watching that because that would be uh uncomfortable um even just you know when i refer to nude pictures i, I would be i'd, I'd be <laughs> apologizing to uh <laughs> to the people in the audience so we were able to really let loose and be grown-ups in that movie but then for instance magic spot which we are doing now it's like all right, we. We, we need to do another crowd pleaser um and so we're we're, we're pushing that uh, i'm happy to report if you liked if you liked all the fun of river beast i think you're gonna like oh. magic spot so well
4: i mean I, awesome. I had a conversation with jack actually because jack um watched detect for i did uh, because he was just like very very keen to get it watched and i was like putting it off so i anyway, i was reviewing it and i wanted to like give it the time to do it properly and obviously the, the two films coming out in one year was quite exciting and i was like i love how she got married like is, is it even is it as good as that and J- jack's response i think was being like you know those other ones it's like those ones again like it's one of those ones i've been like how'd you got married is different and it's special and it's brilliant but you know monetized maniac is like one of those good old ones and like gives you that feel
1: yeah check in with the gang have a good time but it, it's yeah. great it's great to be uh, as prolific as we're being so that we can um from time to time just kind of be like all right let's w- let's push in this direction for a little while and um it's exciting and, uh, and exhausting, and um, but yeah, it's definitely a different, a little different from Freaky Farley because Freaky Farley it was like you know we're ma- we're making this movie and then this is it for like two years, and so um, it's a different kind of uh, pressure, I think.
2: Speaking of new movies and upcoming movies, last time uh, you and I talked about Freaky Farley, you mentioned that you might be working on a sequel. Is that still happening? And is that something that we can publish in this podcast? To be
1: yeah, yeah yeah totally yeah exclusive. Let's <laughs> we that. Got, have we got like way. a
2: klaxon that we can play for like world exclusive
1: we're cautiously looking into the possibilities of, of fixing that this camera that just almost disintegrated uh after the manch vegas movie um Ooh, so you're going back to film we, we might yeah we we love we love having bad ideas and then following up on them. you know that's our our thing so it would be amazing it it would be hard to make a sequel to Freaky Farley and not have it be on film. It would just feel mm-hmm. really weird so like on the back burner like we're we're looking at at camera options and um and so it could be one of the the ten that we're making in this five year stretch um and then in terms of ideas i mean we we have a we have a lot of ideas you know um it i think the subtitle is i think it's called Freaky Farley versus the Mayor. <laughs> with, um, like a with Scott Pilgrim with, kind of thing. Great. <laughs> and then the the tagline is you can fight City Hall.
5: <laughs> uh there, there are a lot of uh I horror influences. Look. We've gone over a couple. Would you say there's any um older horror movies that you're still pining to kind of get across into uh, a Moturn method, would you say? Uh that style of filmmaking. Um
1: well, I mean we we definitely were we are leaning toward Hitchcock for Heard She Got Married and we we mm. like doing that and I'm a huge, huge, huge Hitchcock fan. So, um, uh, I think that would be the, um, if that would be as far back as we go in terms of, uh, something that we'd want to emulate and, you know, and that, you know, his stuff is, is obviously, uh, you know, higher, higher quality than, uh, the, yeah dare I say it Hitchcock's I, I've,
5: movies I've are better Hitchcock than the than many
4: of your movies like I'll be honest like Hitchcock has some yeah. real misses
5: especially some of the early British ones there's a few stickers in there that I, I think I, some of his later ones also yeah, like there's the a few more
4: problematic Hitchcock movies than any of your films like you're not a you know not in the routine of abusing women you don't seem to be so you
3: know
1: Mm. <laughs> no, no I'm, I, I, I'm definitely not and, and so yeah hitchcock i i don't like anything pre-1940 41 for hitchcock you know but you know from uh you know suspicion to to the birds that's a pretty darn good run
4: does that, does that cut off the great movie where he explodes a kid on a bus because that one rules i think that is suspicion. i don't even I think that is suspicious That's, was that sabotage the thing oh, where sabotage, he compl- yeah the thing it's where he complained mistake. he said if he filmed it again he wouldn't kill that kid and i'm like killing that kid is the best bit of that
1: movie it's Sabotage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, is that, that i don't was... like the spy the spy ones don't do it for me in general for uh hitchcock i like a good uh thriller
4: I mean, and, and to to reliticate the film point though as well i think like as 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 a like i mean pastiche sounds like a, like a criticism but it's not at all i think like filming it on film as well like i mean uh, admittedly I didn't know it was filmed on film I wasn't sure if it was like there as an effect so I'm glad to hear that it was that case of like the first like few frames is just so clearly one of those films and it's so comfortably like you know exactly what zone you're in and you've got the girls like talking over the phone it's such a great way of just like so quickly evoking oh it's one of those kind of movies and it's just therefore can unpick it so wildly towards it and I like that you introduced like the bits of strangeness throughout it and the bits of we've talked about like your like prosaic verbosity of like these like very wordy conversations about basically nothing and how much we love them of like worming that style in to like a very traditional looking kind of like b-grade like slasher is just such a joy it's so cool
1: yeah well and i like how those girls mention the ninja for instance you know so (laughs) it's one of those things you're like oh is this like a little throwaway but no, this this is part of the, you know part of the and movie. the trog so- stuff
4: as well. When you like bring up the trog stuff, and then just Farley, the character is just like no, no, no trogs. And from like just gonna just not do the trog's movie, just like no trogs. Like he's and then in the next scene it are like no, no trogs. Just the insistence <laughs> and a lack of trogs is just again brilliant.
1: Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's fun, and that guy was amazing. That guy Jerry, who played. uh the guy down by the river um no to um, be bearded oh the bearded hobo right i mean yeah. or, you know the
4: other hobo the no other hobos around but still bearded hobo definitely bearded. <laughs> i put yeah. that line down i love that line
3: so much um he,
1: he was he was like a local poet um I, I saw him at a poetry reading in manchester and i was like you ever uh you ever consider being in movies and he was like yeah why not and um and i was like charlie i found the bearded hobo it's great and uh and, <laughs> and he was awesome like i mean he just uh he was so perfect for the role and um and he he and sharon got along great um uh and yeah and sharon like we had never worked we we barely even knew sharon she was tom's sister you know tom I, who i went to college with and did all the music with um she heard we were doing movies and was like hey i i want to be in your movie so we get you know boom great a person basically you're a person and you want to be in the movie that that's that's 90 percent of the battle because um typically we're te- dealing with people who don't want to be in the movie you know and they're just,
4: <laughs> just <laughs> filming with them from afar just they're, we're they're they're just, just to being the front,
1: nice the and they always have dental dentist appointments you know um, <laughs> that, that they're telling us about oh gee i'd love to help you more but i do have a dental appointment <laughs> at one o'clock um I'm tempted to, like, wait, to hide in the bushes to see if they are really going to the dentist or not. But I'll That's
4: just, a movie, just That it.
5: is
1: a movie, the person that stalks with a dentist to make sure they're going to dentists.
4: That's it,
5: a film. It That's it script. would be a good film if it were the people that should be in your movies, and you're just yeah. uh, kind of following them around. In a,
4: yeah, like a local legend-style kind of thing, just like yeah. you out there as a private eye, just being like, people do not want to be in my films and just find <laughs> the dentists.
1: Isn't it crazy, though? Like, you have the opportunity to forever be... A major character mm. in a in a finished movie that li- actual human beings are going to watch for years and years, and and you're like, man, there's a game on in in in, in an hour,
5: and I, <laughs> I really want
4: to sit and watch. Teeth are important, yeah. right? T are important.
5: We're not going to record a podcast about them and sit, sitting and watching the game, but oh, uh, actually, they'll, shall they'll get we? Should whole we do a spin-off, a spin-off
4: episode about, about their dental appointment where we yeah, just we, like we, find we, one we of your should. friends and just interview them about being at the dentist? <laughs> um, and I. It's interesting So in the previous podcast we've talked about things about things being trends in your films, and now we're like, is this a trend? So it's like a, a fun example. So one thing, like, I'm I'm scared here of like I'm putting another influence, and I'm worried that it causes like a the link with Hitchcock. I'm not trying to say there is a moral um, link here, but um, Woody Allen seems to be somewhat of an inspiration on the romantic dynamic as much as the very much like you fronted in the camera dynamic and a thing that keeps appearing in your movies are these love triangles with you at the center of them. I'm interested in why you keep doing that and why that is there.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, you know? And uh, yeah, I think I heard you say, you guys kind of saying, you know, there are writers who will sometimes <laughs> make themselves seem desirable on, on, yeah, on, which on, but
4: I don't feel you do that though. Cause I feel like I watch. You know, and, and, like, and that's fine. No. Well, it's
1: like, love me, love me. I'm like, they do not love you. They want to leave you alone. Um, uh, but honestly like um but also just in general cr- critique me like crazy it won't insult me at all and uh go nuts this, this your show will be better the more you you rip on me here and there so it's totally <laughs> i'll it take hands in a second I, <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i i have no i don't know i don't know i think I, I was you know we were just writing it and um you know i mean there's the, the one limitation is just like uh you know there's we know i'll show up for filming you know (laughs) so (laughs) so, like the story's got to kind of revolve around me because we know at least i'm not gonna gonna bail last minute um but yeah i'm sure you know i mean you know i'm lonely guy in his his uh studio apartment (laughs) saving up his money to make a movie and i'm like well at least people love me in my story you know (laughs) so (laughs) Um,
3: i don't know isn't it
4: isn't it more though i mean you're, you're being self-deprecating isn't it more like that they're just like the narrative arcs that work though? So of course you use them like these are established story tropes so why wouldn't yeah
1: yeah i think that yeah that that makes sense that that's it <laughs> just edit, edit, edit that edit
4: that over the sad lonely man just for like no this is the no, story structure this is how it works you know arcs
5: arcs equal art it seems that the more i watch the movies and uh, you describe it as like a very personal thing right like you're a Showing it to friends, family primarily, but it's also existing out of uh, people within your community. It's very communal filmmaking, and the more I feel integrated into uh, those worlds, uh, and as I re-watch them, I feel a uh, personal connection establishing. And of course, uh, we've been texting for like a year now. After I watched your your movie, and then I uh, uh, just sent you a random text about it, and it's led to all this now. And um, I think the more that I'm putting into the uh, motor movies, it's a uh, uh establishing something bigger um I think we're all feeling something larger the more we return to them um what's that what's that like for you is it I mean is it an evolving process
1: yeah yeah well it's yeah and it's like um you know in the movies in the movies we we sometimes say like we're we're creating a world that we wish existed you know like uh you know, like in Manch Vegas, where we're, we're delivering, you know, we're adults, but we can still make our money. You can still make a living delivering papers and and hot dogs and a a wagon, you know, like, wouldn't that be great? And and in that same way, you know, it's like, wouldn't it be great if like people who liked movies uh, could, you know, communicate with each other and I could text with with other movie fans, you know? And, and so I try, you know, I want to, I want to kind of live, I want to try to live it too. And so, and it's awesome because yeah, we text, and, and now I subscribe. I subscribe to your shows, and that Bogdanovich, so much, by the way. <laughs> that Bogdanovich series was amazing. I loved oh, it so much, I and mean, that um, cocktail series is pretty good. As well. I hear that cocktail was pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah oh, not yeah. just because I was oh, yeah. on it, not just because of me, but
4: I hear it was pretty good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and there's but there's just something about Bogdanovich. She's such an interesting character, um, and. Um, and so it was so i mean talk about a deep dive that that was as deep as it gets and you know i didn't know about any of his made for tv stuff um and 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 it's you know and hearing you guys um not defer to last picture show you know where saying it where you would um you'd assume like oh of course last picture show is gonna be number one but uh but, you know, listening to you guys, I'm like, oh, man, I got to see I got to see so many more <laughs> Bogdanovich movies. What what a character, what an interesting story and and what a world that you guys can discuss it uh, out, out in the Pacific Northwest and I can listen to it in New England. Life is good. And it's pretty great that we get to that. go
5: through uh, your movies uh, from out here. And uh, we're we're kind of adding our, our own uh, things from well, uh, Matt's in your region, but uh, we have Stephen in England and Jack in England and. I'm um, here in the Northwest. It's, it's a, a nice combination of ideas. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I think it's really interesting. The Bogdanovich stuff. Cause I feel like you've really touched on something that works about your films. That's the idea of like, you feel like you have privileged access to something, like you feel like you're in this little community and it's interesting because it's, it's siphoned. It's over there in the corner somewhere. And I feel like that, that breeds enthusiasm and that breeds actual kind of like real love for something of that same thing that makes you interested in that's the weird Bogdanovich film that no one else talks about is the same thing that makes your film special. Like we're doing a different thing and we're not going to meet you out there with it. But if you come meet us where we are, you're going to really enjoy it. That's the community around film as much as the films themselves.
5: Yeah, who's often talking about the Tom Petty documentary being Bogdanovich's best movie? So I think it's there's a lot to (laughs) fill in there that's a value that I I think doesn't get covered, especially that T V work. I think that's what we like so much about doing this series is Uh, there's not a lot of podcasts about each of these movies so uh, Mm. we get to really fill in the gaps and create the conversation as it's kind of happening online
4: people like enthusiasm people like people that care about things and that makes them care about things
1: more Mm. And, and the other thing that i like is is when someone's got a filmography or altman is kind of like that for me where you're like wait he made like what he made three movies in 1977 like what is like what are these other two titles or whatever you know and and it's like no matter how much you dig into someone's uh filmography you eventually you're like man I still haven't seen you know such and such a movie and um it's so cool to to like you almost don't want to watch it because you want there to be like a new one uh to go back to so um for me you know and now that we're doing this 10 movies in 5 years thing it's yeah. like when when that when 2025 ends and Charlie and I decide to never speak to each other again um <laughs> it's gonna be so nice to sit back and uh and look at that you know go to letterbox and click on my name and, and just look at all those posters and be like oh my god this i'm so mm. i'm so happy to have you know it's like oh there's A my body
4: of work you've wacky... done something to have made something yeah awesome. yeah and
1: to you know and to hopefully it's like you know so freaky farley was it's like this is our slasher this is our the definitive 80s slasher right here mm. right, you know and we were poised to do that because we'd, we'd studied up, you know, we'd watched so many VHS, uh, slashers and that we, we were ready. We knew all the elements that we liked. We knew everything we didn't like. And, and one of the things we like is like, is preserving, like, don't start slashing early, you know, keep it, have it be late in the movie so you can have fun in the world. Like, and like we talked about in the, in the Friday part two episode, it's like, I like the hijinks, I like the camaraderie between characters, but I like it with scary music on the soundtrack yeah. and the occasional POV shot that you know that from the bushes that might be from the point of view of the killer. Like that's that's all I need. Oh. you just
4: want a Link movie
1: with a few stabbings in it is what you want, basically. <laughs> oh, everybody wants some, by the way. Great movie.
4: Yeah, but that that feel like a very UCOR movie. Yeah. You, just, like, you put a few, you put a few stabbings in that and that could be a motion film.
5: <laughs> two of my favorites stays and confused and everybody oh, wants them excellent yeah like put them. that
1: on your list of, of directors to uh to tackle i think that would be Absolutely. a fun uh, series
5: uh we should have you on for everybody wants them at least if you yeah, yeah.
1: well i also i me and orson wells i think is just a gosh darn delightful uh film i've still um, not seen so that. way I like to that. go link letter
4: all right you know what well, i like
1: link there's a review of his new movie up on the site
4: from uh writer vaughn you can read that. Thank you. Nice.
5: Thank there's uh, marketing. We always uh, say that it's so nice how uh, there's like an autobiographical link. Uh, uh how was it in your childhood when your dad asked you to dig holes? In
3: <laughs>
1: yeah,
5: your dad Kevin McGee. Your dad, your father yeah. Kevin McGee. No
1: no, I I had a I had I have no complaints about uh my upbringing. My parents are actually uh just in the other room playing with my kids while I uh <laughs> talk with you guys. So and, um but so we were definitely tapping into like it's it's almost cliche like that um, these horror movies like to give a very unsubtle um, explanation for the the madness that, that we're going to see later in the movie. So, so we did, did that. And again, without getting too, too dark with it, you know, it's like when you see the way Mm. McGee treats me, it doesn't feel, I don't, I don't think it feels like this, this is real, you know, like, uh, um, but you know, it's funny though, is I was, I was probably 26, and McGee was like 46, give or take, when we filmed that. And um, and just a couple of days ago, some kids at Emerson College filmed a scene, uh, asked us if we'd be in their movie. And um and my and Pete, so Pete was playing the dad of one of the Emerson kids, and suddenly I was like, oh, it's we're we're now we're at this stage, next, we're playing the dads generation. now, and hey. you're <laughs> <in> the Kevin <laughs> McGee age. So you know, I'm basically <laughs> the, the age. McGee was when I first discovered him as as our you know, as our Bella Lugosi, and so now <laughs> <laughs> love that comparison. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> and now it's happening with some uh, some film majors in Boston, so it's pretty cool.
5: There's that, uh second part of the question: You're not wearing a striped shirt now. Why? no i i love it when interviewers. that was charlie's idea
1: charlie is the visual uh maestro for sure you know like I, i i i never think of any stuff like like what what should i wear or 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 anything i'm i'm just and thank god that charlie takes takes control of that stuff so he'll just show up and be like here you're gonna wear this in the movie i'm like okay uh and we we got a couple extras too just to get that shot where i'm like going through the the closet but um his he 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 likes to have like a like an iconic look you know um and and i think uh mission accomplished with that and then also a little you know um independent filmmaking trick if if you know it takes place in this like stylized world where kind of everyone just wear like in Scooby Doo you know where everyone's wearing the same outfit all the time and so that's how we explain the fact that people are basically dressed the same all the time. But also, if if we need to figure out what everyone should be wearing with every scene we're shooting, at the pace that we're shooting, it's going to be a complete uh, catastrophe. There and there are so, continuity
5: errors too, huh? So, so
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. there would be. We have continuity errors anyway. But if, <laughs> sure. if it's like, wait, what shirt should I be wearing now? We would lose our minds because there's so much to think about that. If we just be, if we can be like, if we can remove that one thing to think about from the process, it makes it that much easier. Um, we do
5: that and, on the so, podcast too. I mean, uh, it's not visual, but uh, we've all been wearing these same shirts. Uh, <laughs> the How is that yeah.
1: Recording,
2: recording <laughs> outfits. <laughs> um, to,
0: to
5: the to the, the
2: striped shirt was used in uh, the pit, right? Like that. That's why you have it in Freaky Farley because huh. Sammy Snyder wears that. Same, like, black and white striped shirt, doesn't it? Make it I don't know.
1: I, I I do know that uh, William Shatner wears one like that in I Love to Kill. Um, I, I think that was our more direct uh, inspiration. Uh, I Love to Kill, a.k.a. Impulse. Uh, Shatner famously wears a, a black and white stripe. I'm not sure about the pit thing, but, um, again, uh, you should have Charlie on the show sometime,
5: too. He he, mm. he can give you lots to. of good information. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you could uh, help us connect uh, with Charlie. We'd love to have him on here.
1: Totally. For
5: sure. And to to
4: return back, because i I think again, like the, the way you handle like tone and concept is very, very interesting to me. And like I feel in, in, in this film, and I know we had some complaints about things in Sammy, Um and this film I think is a, a great counter example of how it's done really really well of there are, so the scene that you referenced of the the trauma scenes, like for me like the reference would be peeping Tom, but it's like very psycho as well of the the traumatic growing up things. I think that... And I also think the um, the relationship between you and the the older woman in the job interview stuff are two sequences that I think in different hands could be really uncomfortable and could be like this, like they're not really aware of of the dynamics here. But I think the way that you play both are, are very funny and very, very good. But for me, there's just such a, especially in the trauma digging a hole stuff, like the, the literalizing the pointless task of just like literally digging a hole is such a, just a great visual gag. It was like, we just dig it and put it back in. And it's a lovely example of, it's clear it's a joke at the thing. Um, It's a joke at this is like a trauma thing, but then it's an understanding that these things work because they are good background for movies. They are good, like archetypes, good arcs. So you are doing the thing whilst joking about the same time and it's just, ah, spot on. So I feel like that is why that works so well for me there.
1: And you get the visual too, you know, of the actual hole, you know, which Mm. once we were out in the woods, we're like, oh God, now we got to dig a hole. This, you know, we we don't have time. (laughs) We don't have time for this, The sun's going down um yeah oh, one, one other point one other point on continuity um black and white solves a lot of continuity problems by the way <laughs> like yeah. was i wearing like a light blue shirt or a light red shirt doesn't matter they look the same in black and white ah i love it with her she got married being such like a
4: a a dramatic kind of like um change from i guess like obtuse to be the closest but even that's quite quite different because that's still ostensibly a comedy do you see yourself leaning further into like the more dramatic mode, the more serious mode, or do you see yourself just like being like making motor movies basically what people know of or do you want it to be considered surprising
1: um no i'm an op- I'm an open book um mm. uh, but sometimes Charlie reminds me that you know i don't i sh- i don't have to tell people everything <laughs> but um so uh yeah i don't i it's basically and the thing like the thing like I'm so immersed in it that um like even when you say metal detector is is back in line with
3: yeah I think say so. river I
1: think beast and slingshot cops like i I don't see it that way at all. I think metal detector is is a very a very different kind of vibe because the characters in metal detector know they're funny that i think that's okay. the i think that's the dividing line, whereas like in in river beast i I, I don't think anyone knows they're funny, and so but but again, I mean these are you know to someone who's so into it, like these are the little differences that 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 I see, mm-hmm. um, and so and, and in that way and in that way, like Magic Spot, people, I don't think the characters know they're funny. They have a little bit more of a sense of humor than than in Slingshot Cops, but. Um, less than in Metal Detector Maniac, and I, again, again, I'm out of my yeah. mind that I'm thinking about it this much. Um, I, just, I just feel this
4: direct line between kruban Country and Metal. I feel like those two movies are very similar to me. Of like kruban Country, Metal Detector Maniac, of like I can feel like that ascending into the other one. I feel like you realize things yeah, in Metal well,
1: Detector. That you're aiming out there. The well, those early um b- because we we did you know two years ago they had this little online retrospective of our movies. Uh, through a, a, a movie theater in uh, in New York, uh, where every Saturday night they were showing our movies, and um, um, and we were, uh, you know, it definitely reminded us of, of those early movies, the you know the mini DV movies, and 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 just the freewheeling um, approach that we had to it, which definitely, you know, it was not long after that before we decided, <laughs> let's make ten movies in the next five years and let's be as as free and, and wild as we were back then where you know the, uh, you know uh, another phrase we say is that like we never stop to ask why you know like at no point if if at any point you're going to stop and ask why then it's all just going to come crumbling down because because <laughs> ultimately there's no uh there's no answer to that question like why just because we're doing it come on let's go um and uh and and so we're we're embracing that and uh and i guess likewise in in the way that each new project comes it's you know we have an idea for a movie called evil spot and um you Ah, know just the spot just before yeah just before talking to charlie uh, talking to you guys i was emailing charlie a few ideas and it's you know it's it just goes where it goes um and then you know evil puddle which is also part of that series would be um (laughs) that one's going to be very you know very much in the river beast uh vibe you know i mean when you're dealing i mean it basically writes itself you just start with the concept of an evil puddle and everything (laughs) else is is obvious so but basically we're just like you know adding little bits to each movie idea as we're making another movie and um And it's so great. And it's so much fun. And I can't believe I'm, I'm, I'm able, uh, able to do this, you know, that, that, um, that people will, people will show up when I ask them to come work with me for free. So God bless. When you are making a movie, do you feel
4: the need to completely concentrate on that? Do you get distracted by the other ideas coming in? Or do you still see it as free form of like, no, I can like be inspired? Or does that get in the way of you making the film that you're making?
1: Yeah, a good question. And it's, uh, it's easy to get the little ideas you know like let's remember to do this in in that movie but charlie when we're not making a movie charlie and i will meet on on skype once a week and literally be, type the script for a couple hours together for whatever um, movie we're working on but usually we stop that while we're um while we're yeah. filming just because it's like you know if if we do a weekend of filming and we're doing the next weekend of filming like on Tuesday or Wednesday, we have to set aside two and a half hours in the evening to to Skype with each other. It's just, that's, that's, that's going to burn us out. So we, we, we don't do that. You two might be
2: the last two users of Skype.
1: I was thinking that too. I don't understand. Like, and I have a Hotmail account too for my email and everyone is like, get out of here with your Hotmail. Like what difference does it make? What, you know, come on. But, um, but you know i i swear by skype i'm I'm going down with skype <laughs> okay well that
4: might be sooner than you think so i'm sorry to hear that <laughs> they have teams now they don't care about skype anymore um with obviously like the self-insert element of, of your films of you so often play a farley as a first name or a second name or a, a matt farley um i mean. Maybe that's just, like, there's, like, a certain ease to that. I mean, you, you alluded to it off-air because, like, you were self-deprecating to your own, like, limitations as an actor, which I think is unfair. Um, but why do you keep doing that? And do you see that – is there a clear difference between the Matt Farley off-screen and the Matt Farley that's been popularized on-screen in
1: so many movies where you are Matt Farley, Matt Farley, Matt Farley? Yeah. Um So the first, the first time we decided to use every, most everybody's real name – was because you know from high school and college experiences people we'd we'd call each other by the wrong names while it, within scenes you know and and this solution we came up with was if if we are just ourselves then we can't we're at least less likely to make that make that error so that was the idea there and then um but just I, you know like i try in fact for evil spot in the first when we were first talking about it i was like maybe i play a guy who runs a landscaping business okay and that was the idea and then um after a while i was like how are we gonna fake a landscaping business like you know i I barely know how. i barely know how to um make a lawnmower go you know (laughs) and uh and and basically, we're back to the point where I'm playing a musician, you know? So I just, yeah. it just feels, it just feels right, you know? right uh, You write what you know. Yes, yes. So it's basically just putting myself in this situation. and I mean, Metal Detector Maniac, you know, there's the scene where I'm talking, I'm brushing my teeth and talking to my wife, you know? And and I know uh, Justin DeClu's, uh fiance, Justin told me that his fiance said, Okay, this is what it's like to be married to Matt Farley. You know, as I'm like <laughs> ranting to Elizabeth about about locksmiths, you know, and she's just like, "Okay, <laughs> all right."
3: <laughs>
1: and so th- yeah, that uh, that hit very close to home. But obviously it's it's, you know, it's heightened uh and whatnot. And um I think in my day-to-day actions I'm I'm not as as manic or uh, you know, <laughs> uh, obsessive as uh as as that character. Not quite I listened Link,
5: to your to uh, Motern, uh infomercial podcast with your wife. And uh, uh, she was talking about uh, you're much more clever than a weird owl. And uh, I think we all agree uh, <laughs> yes. well, just because you're songcraft, which is a whole other element that uh, I'm always appreciating about the movies is that they have like this very personal soundscape. And it, it sounds like it's coming from you. And our friend Jack here knows he's uh, uh, scored some uh, uh, short films and famously mm. the intro to the stacks uh, playing on the Beatles. So uh, he is a parody master as well, but uh, um, what, what is that, uh, what's that approach for you? Uh, what's it like? Is it important for you to always have like a say in the music and, uh, and are you going to make more movies about the music specifically? Okay.
1: Well, let's talk about uh, like freaky Farley soundtrack um, is, is something and I'm of all the soundtracks I've done. I think it's uh, the one I might be most proud of. It's um, so good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Cause it kind of like, uh, it, 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 it's that it's that situation where it's oftentimes just one note at a time, you know, like, you know, Uh, and some cool synth sounds I was able to find on this Korg, uh, MIDI thing that that I have connected to my keyboard. So I, I was real happy, um, with that. And it's just like how deep, I I don't want to go too deep into being synthy, you know, like there there's a line at least in my head into how how much synth I'm I'm how deep into the synth I want to get versus trying to sound like like real instruments. Um and and I for me that was walking the line uh nicely. But in 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 terms of uh, soundtrack work, um uh, I'm I'm a little bit like uh i i've i've lost it you know or it feels like no matter what i'm writing is just sounding like all the stuff i've done before so uh metal detector maniacs uh soundtrack was all by tom um and i was super happy you know and he did half of slingshot cops and for the movie we're doing now magic spot i just took his he has these two like electro pop or i don't know what they are like instrumental albums and um and i've just i've just stolen you know with his permission i've just taken the songs (laughs) from his albums and that's the soundtrack to to evil spot and it's fitting very well and it feels good it's it it's a lot of uh it's a lot of pressure you know like you have to you have to come up with a a song that that fits the mood and also like it gets loud at the right moment and gets quiet at the right moment and Mm. you know like you record it, at least for me. It's like I have it playing on the screen, and I'm I'm playing. In five, a, oh, yeah. I'm yeah.
6: Such an idiot! I'm
1: supposed to slow down at this point. and You go back do and again. do it again. Yeah, yeah, it's so yeah, tedious, yeah. and uh, uh, it, it's so nice to have a, something that's pre-recorded, and then find a way to make that work for for my uh, for my purposes.
5: Now that I've written uh, hundreds of articles online, done like a, a 200 podcasts, I find that you're often just. Repeating the same things you've already said. uh After twenty three thousand songs, do you feel like it's and so many movies back to back in quick succession? Is it really difficult? Do you find to at least feel personally that you are not being original? I feel like I feel like we see your originality, but uh, maybe when you do so much in such close proximity, is is it harder to see what you are actually making? Yeah. Work?
1: Um. Well, I mean, th- the beauty of it is, is that like. If I'm doing a s an album about cities in uh in Oregon, like yes. I have no I have no artistic standards whatsoever. And it's I'm like <laughs> because of Oregon. Ten the, Oregon fact,
5: <laughs>
1: the fact that the album exists, the fact that it exists is is like 80% of the 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 art behind it. It's just like isn't this ridiculous that there's a 50 track album in which I sing happily about like, you know, mostly small towns that no one would ever bother writing about. Like that's a joke. And so it's, it's really perfunctory. Just uh, the actual, the song itself, like, like who cares? Like, you know, and, and sometimes while I'm writing one, I'll stumble upon a chord progression that I actually like. And, and then I'll, I'll actually, I'll, I'll, write it down and, and not use it for that album i'm like this is too this is good too and then I real have it,
4: this real music this is, must be saved for later
1: <laughs> yes exactly for one of my my no jokes albums so so uh, that that prolificness does not drain is not uh creatively draining at all it's really just going to work and, and doing something um and so so that you know that takes a lot of the pressure off and that but then does it feel like I'm, uh, you know, yeah, it it feels like I'm repeating myself, but I don't mind. <laughs> in fact, I have a new song in which I rhyme, um, folks with jokes and, and Tom pointed out, he's like, we, we use that exact rhyme in, in Loring Ave, you know, which, uh, is one of the songs we I perform and heard she got married. And I thought about it for a little bit and I was like, yeah, i'm fine with it you know Who cares consistency <laughs> there are only so many words yeah. you know
6: anyway it's,
1: it's a language of limited and sounds so, like, the you
4: know, alphabet is short
1: yeah and i'm just like let's just go for it. like i like it when 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 people like keep on uh hitting their things you know like whatever someone's known for like they they just okay it's like another um and you know another Hitchcock movie. You know it's like you know he's got the things he's obsessed with, and and you just see him in movie after movie. And I'm I'm fine with it. And um, and, you know, and, and once again, I'm talking about this as if more than you know, four hundred people have watched any of my movies. <laughs> you know, like it's hey, a hundred of them were Jacks.
5: <laughs> i saw that uh no. i saw local legends was becoming very popular on letterboxd yeah, mm. yeah
0: rising up the, the ranks it's in the 250 isn't it or if we're up we're Almost there. There. Yeah,
4: if it, yeah. yeah if you take away the weird requirements they have if you just base it on on quality
1: then yes yeah 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 it's in the... Yeah. well i always i always will uh take out documentaries take out tv take out uh yeah. Um, yeah, um, yeah yeah miniseries one other thing to shorts. just to to make uh, it look oh, more oh, impressive so. but uh no i mean yeah and that's a little frustrating because it's like wait everyone who watches these movies likes them Mm. i just like i just gotta get to that next uh level where more people are watching them because i i do feel pretty matter a lot to
4: you do do you feel do you sorry that's too personal but do you do you feel a desire for that or are are you like content with where you are or just like greater success or greater recognition really matter a lot to you
1: yeah i mean I, I check Letterboxd like four times a day um, oh, and, no and, and I, yeah, <laughs> just to see what people are saying about my movie. I'm completely obsessed uh sure. and yes i want I want more and more people to watch it. It's definitely not not like I get frustrated and say we're not doing it in movies anymore but i mean you know we're we're in our mid forties and we're uh we're spending money and, and a heck of a lot of time on yeah. these projects that are you know we are we're we're kind of breaking even on them now but that depends on how you you count the if you like if you we're not being paid for our time yeah. at all you know what yeah. i mean like uh, if charlie and i film for a weekend it's basically like 80 hours of 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 manpower work you know between the two of us you know if you include dri- driving from he lives 3 hours away you know just if you really like factor everything into it um, or, or like the week that we're filming in the garage a few days before we're filming, I have to spend three hours transforming three the garage in, yeah. into a set, you know, like if you're literally logging all these hours uh, and then you figure out how much we made from the movie and, and you divide it's a very bad number <laughs> so. has, has that
4: become more difficult like the older you've got of like trying to like segment off like lifetime from film time of like you can't just like drop everything and like turn your garage into a film set for a week Has that become yeah. more and more of a challenge
1: well, i'm 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 lucky because uh the music the, you know the music is my full-time income yeah. and last year i released 36 albums you know and um <laughs> it's 36, and it's six like more than i did, to be fair <laughs> and it's like, basically, the way I'm looking at this year is, it's like, all right, I put, I put my time in and then some last year. I can, I can just release 15 in in, in 2022, and devote that much more time to uh, to the movies. And it's basically like, let's just try one more time to see if we can inundate the world with so much of our movies that the world finally pays attention to us um but we definitely can't do this forever and it's uh you know it's crazy i mean you know you leave you leave your family for the weekend to go run around in the woods with your friend (laughs) and a camera you know (laughs) and 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 then the opening weekend it's like oh look at that uh Seventy-seven people bought our movie. Uh, does, does does that love persist yeah. though? Cause like I mean, all of us here
4: are like like a big movie people when I know there are some times you're just like, oh, I don't know if I like not feeling at that moment. Like, but does that love just want to make films like like childish glee, like go out and make stuff? Is that persisted with you? Or sometimes you are just like, oh, I don't know, I don't know if I want to.
1: No, I mean I, I love it so much and it good. it it's so much fun and, and we keep on doing it. But it's a it's a strange combination of just uh a a, a desperate uh desire to do it. <laughs> Uh, mixed with total exhaustion and guilt and uh, disappointment.
4: (laughs) I I love the strategy so much of your strategy is I'll make it hard for people to not watch my films. i will release so many that it's more difficult for them to not see one. (laughs) And then they will see one.
1: Just, yeah, just have them just like, enough already, enough already. I'm going to give, I'm going to give these guys movies the chance. Um, And, and so, I mean, you know, it's, it sounds crass, but it's like, if we could just make, make as much as a person like makes on a part-time job. You know, like if you have an extra job, you work a couple of shifts on the weekend, in addition to your day job, that's all we're asking for, you know? Um, um But you know, obviously it's, <laughs> it's, it's an acquired taste, but I think, I think there's enough people with that taste. If we can just find a way to, to, to to well, connect I think it's, with them I think it's yeah, we've had
2: great well. success showing this to all our other mm. friends uh, yeah, yeah, like we've probably gotten a hundred people to watch uh River Beast. we've spread out yeah, it a yeah. Lot. just <laughs> word of mouth alone
0: just talking about River Beast online and i showed it to my brother my brother has shown it to his friends you know that's traveled you know halfway down the country and it's it's just it's just like that it's just through word of mouth and just people knowing people who would enjoy something like River Beast or local legends or any
1: anything that you guys have done yeah. Yeah. And that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And it's, it's one of those things I, you know, same with my music. It was never like uh, it was never an overnight success situation. It was like something cool happened. You wake up the next morning, and you're like, Oh, uh, it's life hasn't changed really. Um, but, but you, you don't even realize it, but you're like one step a little bit closer to where you want to be. Mm. Uh, but it's so, you know, I worked, I worked a day job for 17 years while, desperately trying to, to make the music uh, a full-time job you know um, and that's, that's, that's a long time and yeah. you know my job it, I was all in because the I had the, I was at the same level as I was when I started at that job too you know so it's not like I was successful in my uh, in my day job I was I only viewed it as a way to pay the bills sure. while becoming yeah. a music superstar and you know probably 15 years into it it's like man <laughs> this better work because otherwise I'm, <laughs> I'm in trouble
0: 15 years in you're like i hope this, works
1: <laughs> I hope
4: this doesn't come across as insulting i really apologize um, but no, with funny. your music a thing that it reminds me of and you may not be aware of this are you aware of that weird van morrison album that he made to get out of a record contract
6: yeah 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 totally <laughs>
4: Which I love so much, like it's
3: it's it's, yeah. it's oh, yeah. objectively
4: terrible, but it's so brilliant. of like him just seeing like that ringworm for like five minutes, just because he just wants. <laughs> he just had to record just like twenty songs. So he just sat there in a recording studio and just recorded like twenty songs, and they're just amazing. Yes, um,
1: totally. So, yeah, I love I'm, that I mean, energy that,
4: though.
1: I do too, and I I just think you know that just, whenever I hear about anything like that, it captures my imagination, mm. and I'm just oh, like, too. oh, that's so cool. I wish more people did that, and uh, yeah, and I honestly think it's a good um it's a good way to spark your own creativity because, it, you know, in one of my songs, I say, give me a list and I'll give you some songs. And it's, uh, it's usually me giving myself the list, but yeah, I sit yeah, at the yeah. keyboard with a list of topics and then I just, just churn them out. And, and if, if one in 20 are, are, are good, it's like, this is totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally, uh, I like, I like that. I like that Van album for sure. I think oh, he so could have been.
4: Ringworm is maybe his best song. <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah, I think he could have been. I think he could have been even sillier with it. I wish he had gone yeah, even more more crazy. When he starts but, insulting uh... the
4: people around him, is a real. That's the real joy of that album. Where he's just like calling up people by name and saying how much he hates them.
2: Yeah, <laughs> oh, what a great no, album, man.
3: Yeah, well,
2: Matt. On the subject of your music, I wonder: Do you have like a? Are you do you know all the music you've done? Like if I started naming random small towns in America, could you tell me which state? Oh, why do we not
4: prepare that as a quiz? Why do we not prepare not Matt Farley <laughs> song on Matt Farley song? <laughs>
1: Next time, no, you know, yeah. no way. Not not even close. <laughs> Twenty three thousand, yeah. man.
0: Like yeah. No, I don't blame you yeah. at all.
1: No. I, I have like I have a database with about um probably two hundred and fifty songs that are that I have performed uh, over the years, so I keep mm keep the lyrics and chords in a file so that when it's time for another show, I can just kind of go through that. And then if there's new songs I'm doing, I'll add it to that file. The greatest, um,
0: the greatest but, hits database.
1: Yeah, exactly. But even those, um, you know, I, I need, Oh, you, you were at the show. I was mm-hmm. reading, uh, I had that, that big folder in front of me. I'm reading my own lyrics. Cause I, I, I definitely don't remember any of them.
4: You get requests and you're like, I don't know if I actually wrote that song. I don't know if that song is mine.
1: <laughs> just the word um, poop with another word.
0: So
4: it's like, I, I want poop high. number five, please. I want the fifth variation on poop. You're like, oh, I can do six or four, but no.
1: <laughs> I, I trust I trust that the requests are uh actual songs, even if they if they don't ring a bell in my head. But um <laughs> I'm gonna come to your show and fake song like <laughs> But I mean literally I mean the last show I did the audience was seven seven people you know including Matt and um and so there's no I mean we're all we're all a family uh at that you know five hours of uh singing along together um there's no chance for for heckling
4: and Matt did you watch any of that 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 great Beatles documentary the Peter Jackson one beatles get back oh yeah love because it. i mean i know jack and i obviously fawned over it on the stack awards because we love it so much but it's interesting to me that what people people like myself and jack what we love about that so much is it's so much of them just like sitting sitting around and just like spewing out nonsense songs yeah. uh, have you seen the reception of that i mean like how come you love this so much and yeah. like why is there not that same like vocal just like love of what you are doing because like the things people love about get back is kind of what you are doing just like singing out there just like song 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 here is just some some music for the sake of music
1: yeah well um yeah i mean i i I, oftentimes i'll go on long walks and i you know i can't help it i start listening to my own music uh while i'm walking hard not and then (laughs) how can i avoid it yeah um and by the time I get home, um, I'm just in a in a a, a frenzy, and I'm I, and my my poor wife. I'm like,
6: I've been listening to my songs, and they're so good, They're better, <laughs> than, they're better than the Beatles. They're bet you know
3: they're the best. They Peter Jackson, come to my me. house, and they says, just I'll want to press them. the footage.
6: People just think I'm the poop song guy. <laughs> poop song guy. <laughs> <just think laughs> poop I have latest.
1: So um so yeah you know. And obviously the Beatles are great, but I mean, there's definitely uh, an argument that if you're inundated by uh, people's songs from birth, you can't help but become a fan of them, you know? And so it's success begets success where people listen to the Beatles because they like them, but then suddenly people are listening to the Beatles because people are listening to the Beatles. And there's a gigantic, um, you know, publicity machine behind them. Like that, you know. I mean, you can kind of make anything popular if you put enough money behind it sort of and it sounds a little bit like sour grapes too on my part and so i i, I don't want to get too deep in, in, into feeling that way but uh but i mean you know my uh what's it called ego knows no bounds you know and i really <laughs> i really think these songs are are as good i mean i tweeted out recently a picture of like all the no jokes albums I did in the last six years. And I said, this is, this is as good as, um as the whole, the run of the Beatles. I'm, I'm not joking.
5: Just think my daughter's the first generation to be really inundated with your music and uh, <laughs> uh, what appreciations you'll have. I have a, I have a theory that once you guys stop, I think these movies will grow in their stature and success. I think once it's all done and you've put a bow mm-hmm. on the motor, and, uh, uh, as sad as it sounds, I think that's when, Really grow in esteem and success. That's yeah, you might
1: be right, and I mean that's the curse of uh you know any creative people. You know they always say you know
5: w- wait recognize, till the artist dies so, and then uh,
1: recognize in their own time. So this yeah. is when we
4: kill Matt farley
1: No, no, <laughs> you just air. stop making movies. <laughs> We've invited Matt popular. here today, <laughs> and now we're going to murder him. And then I, I mean, I'm I'm guilty of it too. You know, I'm 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 only, only just discovering people who's made made movies decades ago. Yeah, I, um, I found
4: Agnes Varda because she died, and I was like so annoyed about that for like
1: yeah. uh, until well, now, been
4: like, why would, would have... I not
1: watch all of her films
4: like before that point? Why did it take that's, the death of the greatest filmmaker of all time for me to watch her movies?
0: There's 24 hours in a day; you can't, you know, ingest every piece of media, right? I'm yeah, yeah, time, yeah. So as much as much as we try, but you know.
1: So it's like you know we're all i'm i'm forty three it's like okay i got I got some decades left and mm-hmm. um and and definitely, and things are always uh things are better than they were the previous year in terms of like um the amount of people who are paying attention to what we've done you know um we we put out her she got married and on Vimeo and uh i about two hundred fifty or three hundred people actually paid twelve bucks to to watch it on vimeo and mm-hmm that i mean that that's that's not a lot but frankly if we had done this five years ago like 14 people would would pay that much to watch it so it's like okay all right that's something i'll take it in another five years who knows so uh we'll keep keep churning them out how
0: was the um how's the partnership with uh justin and gold ninja video how has that sort of uh affected uh i don't know the public response to your movies in the past couple of yeah. years
1: it's amazing because those guys are, um, are genuine, you know, like they, mm. they don't, um, you know, J- Justin puts out movies that he likes, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. that, that's the ultimate value of, um, of the gold ninja label. It's like, we know Justin isn't just putting this out because he, he wants to make money off it, you know, cause oh, yeah, you yeah. know, he's not making, he's not making tons of money off of it. And, um uh, it's clear that he's really into like he's his so excitement it. is, yeah. uh, yeah. is is palpable so the fact that those guys actually like our movies is huge and uh, a a very large percentage of the people who know our movies Mm -hmm. know because the important cinema club um yes and and then the gold ninja video thing um you know it's 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 so refreshing you know because he's a filmmaker and so he gives people a very very fair cut of the um of the the proceeds, you know way more way more than we'd get from anyone else, um, and sales through him are better than they <laughs> they were for us for anyone else, so yeah. uh, I can't say enough good things i have, I have You're one of his currently films actually.
2: working on uh, a <laughs> new restoration of Freaky Farley right
1: yes, yeah, ooh, so Justin, ooh. yeah, Justin did a big fundraiser gold um, yes, ninja, fun. and one of the um one of the things he did with that money was pay to have the all the original film uh, scanned at a, at a better, um, like, you know, at HD level quality or, or whatever. I, I don't know any of the terminology, but I'm pretty sure freaky Farley is SD, you know? Um, and so now we have it in HD and done with a little bit more care, you know? So now Charlie has all that, that, that new scan on his computer and he has to, now he has to re-edit the movie. <laughs>
3: um so so, like
4: a like a shot for shot remake but the same shots this time
1: (laughs) yeah i think he's he's keeping the audio track from start to finish and then literally just lining up every shot to match the audio so it's it's a it and oh and also he's like discovering where he made um where he made adjustments yeah oh, how many years ago you know 18 yeah. <laughs> years ago or whatever yeah. he's like okay i guess i did a digital you know trick here and yeah, so now he has yeah, to man. like figure out what he did and then man, do it again
0: a, <laughs> opening a project from 20 years ago and trying to like reverse engineer what you did and I, <laughs> it's yeah. crazy it's, uh, hats off to him for doing that but oh
3: man. yeah
1: so hopefully, you know, hopefully like by, by Halloween, that'll be out. But I mean, that, that's, that's exciting. So yeah, mm-hmm. life is good. And, and, and it definitely feels like um, from a marketing uh, perspective, it's like, like I said, let's, let's just do it one last time just to be like, look, we, we can do this and we'll happily keep doing it. If, if enough people get on board and um and maybe it's a little exciting for people to think that these, these two guys in new England, you know, uh, despite you know any anyone's better judgment we're we're going forward in just two movies a year which basically means we're just always working on one aspect of the movie um and 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 it's painful but also just like so thrilling and exciting um and come on people join us for the ride uh, so. now
5: that now that steven's back my favorite thing about gold ninja I video uh, uh they've sent us uh two copies of uh justin's movie uh yeah, i have one, I own movie. Has one. yeah it's, it's uh, labeled local legends but i have yes. Justin's movie. <laughs> uh, and and they they've been very good at returns and everything so it's not a huge criticism it's just very endearing that it's that personal that uh that there could be a personal mistake on our movies which makes these it, of local I, 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 like owning, I like
4: owning i like owning his movie like I, I you know local legends i can i have access to on vimeo because thanks to the, the kind map valley so i'm like if i if i didn't then maybe like actually i want my like well, it a legend well it's
0: sold out now i can't even get a
4: copy hey actually. well 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 so, i'll buy John, your copy John, that's why awesome. borrow mine? <laughs> yes it's justin's personal invasion i should watch justin's you know maybe i should watch justin's film
3: Sure. Need Justin I was, oh definitely video,
4: Yeah, but, I was once famously on a podcast of Justin Tristore. There you go. So when that
2: uh freaky Farley uh gets released through Blu-ray or through Gold Ninja, is there gonna be anything else on that disc? Uh maybe a release one of Crubin' Country movies. or something that has oh, Yeah, Crubin' Country.
1: Guy. Uh that's a great idea. And um Paperboy, Paperboy, Paperboy. Uh I, I would do I would do Krubin Country over Paperboy. I mean, yeah, but both. Um, both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's plenty of room but also we can, we can uh, spread it out a little bit um but no i i don't know i hadn't thought about that but that makes sense we do have a, I, I guess uh yeah that would make perfect sense so oh, nice probably stuff, okay. well, we'll yes. be pre-ordering that and, in a
4: few
0: and months that
1: time, right? clone, and, that and that druid gladiator clone perhaps that druid
4: gladiator clone
1: that
3: one that's already on one. On, uh, already on one oh yeah, one yeah two, oh that is on one of uh, them uh, yeah
4: is that the one that I can't access?
3: I one don't I'm... have.
4: Okay. Well, that's why I don't know because my local legends yeah. isn't local legends. <laughs> uh,
5: if so the, ma- what's the next one that you'd preserve uh, if you yeah. if you had to choose one?
1: Well, I mean, Manch Vegas, you know, is on film Manch also. Vegas. So, I mean, in terms of uh, needing preservation, that's that's the one. And the camera was falling apart on the <laughs> while we were making that one, so that has you can see it more. I was about to say if you look closely you can see it more, but probably if you're not looking closely you can still see it. <laughs> if you're looking,
0: you can see
5: it. I interrupted Jack there. I think he has that. I, I
1: was just gonna say, because you're editing
0: um you're editing at the moment, you're editing Magic Spot. How much of a gap is there going to be between ending Magic Spot and starting the next one?
1: Uh, I don't know. Um potentially uh we we premiere we're gonna premiere Magic Spot on May thirteenth. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping that in june we'll be shooting boston wow. johnny yeah
0: boston johnny wow that's such a quick yeah. <laughs> <In, Yeah.
4: laughs> to go back to the golden Ninja video stuff um i was really interested i i'm sure there's an actual like practical answer to this of like because obviously the my carpet method Detect maniac is both that and heard she got married um what was the why did you decide to be that way around why was it um method detector that was the main and not heard she got married that was the main
3: Oh, uh,
1: that's a good question yeah um but i think um for for just like uh if you're if you're just being introduced to our movies, i think mm-hmm. um am think metal detectors is a better um a better explanation of what we're all about, you know, and yeah. hurt you got married I, I love, but it definitely feels like mm-hmm. that kind of like. Underground little, you know, one for them, one for us kind of situation. Whereas I think it's your
4: second best, film. I love it so I really think it's utterly terrific. And I'm, I'm I, I love that I have a copy of Nazi Maniac, but I wish that I had on my shelf just a copy of Her G-com. i know I do, but I wish I had a box or anything. So I really, really love that film. I think it is, it's, it's, it's no River Beast because River Beast is one of the greatest films ever made. Um, but it is up there. Oh,
1: you know, no, yeah. I mean, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased with it. And, um, uh, but, Uh, but yeah, that was the idea. Just in terms of a general audience, I feel like, um, I feel like you're going to like Hurt, You Got Married more after, if you've watched Metal Detector Maniac first too. sort of.
2: So River Beast is by far your most popular movie on Letterboxd and IMDb. And like, uh, is that the one you want to be the most popular or do you wish everybody else was more interested in Manch Vegas or something else?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny. Like, I, I have a a, a general, uh, um, you know, I, I like to go against the grain. And so, as soon as River Beast was uh, popular, I was like, yeah, it's not that great, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's your crazy. so, so it, of your own films. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. I'm a yeah, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I think I I think Slingshot Cops has never gotten the um, the 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 mm. praise it deserves uh, for for just being hilarious. I think. I just can't get over how funny it is every time I watch it. And when I watch it, I I was saying to Charlie, like, I can't believe how many people we have in that movie, and like how many different places we we filmed it. And like, we got uh, hordes of people in my backyard, hordes of people in my parents' backyard, into my garage. It was it was very ambitious, Uh, and you know, and to have my uncle Jim McHugh play a uh, action hero was um, just delights me to no end. So yeah. But, but you know, I guess it's, it's like as soon as one gets the praise it deserves, then I'm just thinking about the others and saying, what about them? But uh, ultimately, uh, if anyone's paying attention to any of them, I'm, I'm so happy.
4: So if if we view Riverbeast as your creep moment, to use a Radiohead metaphor, and then Radiohead <laughs> yeah. would go on to write a song about how creep was the thing that weighed them down. So with my mm-hmm. own lung being that, are you going to make a movie about your like spurned reaction to the popularity of Riverbeast?
1: I'd be a to uh, that would be fun
4: like that would be fun sequel about how why why does everyone care about this A Boogeyman <laughs> and, and what, it, sequel.
1: Would, it would be double fun for the reviews of people being like who does this guy think he is
3: <laughs> as any kind of success
1: you know so oh, that, that's <laughs> i've, I've to just the added link. that to the list
3: yes
4: <laughs> snooty matt farley complains about was like people don't care for the real art
5: <laughs> well, do you have all your movies planned out i know you have like the um the what was it the the year plan with that two a year but are they all two planned year. out the rest two. you're making
1: i think we have we have more than 10 ideas you know so mm. um but that's i reassuring. mean <laughs> yeah and by ideas it's just like you know like free, freaky farley 2 you know or yeah or do you know yeah. about um melancholy what's what's that's 20 ideas melancholy of a merman have you guys heard of that one yet or no
5: super yeah. excited yeah yeah mm.
1: yeah that's the sequel to River Beast. so oh, um cool so basically it's like we have all these things on the back burner and while we're making one movie we're, we'll be like what should we do next and just you know especially you you make uh you know we made these two heard you got married and and uh metal detector we're you know kind of dealing with um being suspicious of people and there's like a general darkness and whatnot that it felt like, all right, magic spot is going to have to be, um, real, real silly with a lot of like singing and dancing. So, you know, it's kind of like just what we feel we should go back to, or, you know, as as a reaction to what we've been doing.
2: And now that we've got a taste of singing McGee from tooth Todd,
0: just oh, can't so wait man, to get more of it. McGee. I'm so ready for what is yeah so that great. sweet
4: so voice, that, that just what a guy. Yeah. Just what a goddamn guy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. love Kevin McGee. And
1: we got him. We got him to our house. He he came down. He traveled down to Massachusetts yes, uh, well, to shoot with us. Um, you know, we he sings a song in Magic Spot, and uh, it's Beautiful. like in you know, in, in River Beast, it was like. How can we work to the point where McGee is a statue? You know, basically the whole point of the movie—the funniest <laughs> bit of that movie by far—it's so good. We're just working. Everything is written retroactively to get to the point where McGee <laughs> yeah, is a statue. Sure. That was the
0: first note on the pen, the pen and paper. It was that? And we build- will we build the film around
1: this. <laughs> and so it's the same thing with Magic Spot where i was talking with tom on the deck and i was like imagine if we got mcgee to to sing this song you know i don't want to give too much away but sure it was um it was just like all right who cares whatever the rest of the movie is it doesn't matter if we can get this (laughs) mcgee song moment in the movie we've won and uh, i'm happy to report that we have won i can't wait to win Um,
0: i can't wait to win
1: a, a, a bit of a left field question,
4: and this is maybe a different one from the spot. But I'm, I'm I'm really kind of like infused by your your constant talking about not constant sounds mean. Um, about y- you being underseen. and I, I and I agree with that. Of like your your art needing more recognition. Are there any other people that you could recommend that you think that is the same of there? Are other people out there you'd like people to be drawn towards because you're not the only person doing this. Surely, what is there others you can think of that deserve that spotlight that you would wish for yourself,
1: or that you deserve yourself? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I'm I'm guilty. I'm guilty of watching mainstream entertainment. You know, when I sit down uh, with my wife to watch something, it uh, you know we watch Friends. Sure, is that <laughs> is that awful? That's humiliating. I've never heard of it. What's What's Friends? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a bit too niche for Calvin. That's a, that's a I've never seen, seen it, Joey, it. Seriously, so yeah, it's a web Calvin series. Calvin loves we watched every episode of Friends, you know? <laughs> Just because we're we're bad people. It's, and it's very you know? watchable. Like it's not great, but it's very
4: <laughs> it's undeniably watchable.
1: Will yeah, Ross yeah. and Rachel yeah. get together? It's, we had to find don't out. Spoil you know? it, don't, don't spoil it, don't spoil
0: this <laughs> yeah. the show that's uh, here's finale, a plane like, involved very ago. exciting. Yeah,
5: Will it's Rachel so get a... married? Yeah.
0: I heard she got married. Yeah, goddamn you check.
1: So I'm I'm the worst. You know, here I am creating niche underground art and um and I'm not uh I'm not, I'm not being supportive. So I, I, I have no one other than Justin DeClue, no one else to recommend. Well, I would, and and I think Justin and Will are a good uh, example too, where they just, they, they just do what they do and they've been doing it for a long time and they were doing it for years before anyone was paying any attention to them, you know? And I, I think that that's what, you know, everyone in this little community seems to have in common is that where we like doing things on this on this like scale where um you know where people call it a hobby you know and we take Mm. it personally almost you're like oh you're gonna do your little hobby with your friends it's like it's "It's not a hobby hobby. this is calling you know (laughs) but um yeah yeah yeah. and um and so the the moral of the story is like uh we we treat the hobby like it's a job way before it ever becomes a job and and that's how it gets to be be a job you know Mm. um and in your know, I, I don't even know what Will and Justin's like personal lives are. Like do they ha yeah, you know, I think Will has like a regular job outside of yeah. uh yeah, be, you mean. know being a man of letters, you know. But in my world, like if Will Sloan says something, I'm like, Oh, the great Will Sloan has spoken, you know? Sure. And like yeah, yeah. mm, I like, yeah. I'm actually <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't I don't know what the equivalent was uh, you know, thirty years ago, but like in, in my world, you know, th- this is an authoritative uh, source, you know? It's a taste of yeah.
0: Me earlier And said, "Why did you watch this obscure Western film?" I was like, "Well, Will sloan gave it a five-star review on Letterbox,
1: and I had to see what it was about. When it was great, you know, and it, a taste maker, and and that, and that's the beauty of it. There's so many people in the world that like little communities can form that mm. that end up becoming like sizable communities, and 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 are reaching people all around. You know, obviously Charlie and I would like to to make a living off the, the movies, but um." but we're going we can't stop making them uh, you know we can't stop making them so so either way we're going to and <laughs> at least we get the the joy of you guys talking about them and and other people talking about them and it's like well we're not we you know people wrote a book about us so you know so what we haven't made we haven't made much money off it but look at this there's a gosh darn book about us and a podcast so we we've done something
5: it's really our pleasure because I think it's a good reflection of our site values also, because we've been at this four or five years now, and uh we're not making a lot of money, but we have a community of a you know a few hundred reads every day for our articles, and that's kind of an for yeah. now, right, it, like it, at, it, we might not get thousands of listens, but we get the hundreds yeah. that that matter to us
1: right but then and then what then but the thing like is give you the same thing with your podcast and your website that just slowly grows and grows just a little bit here and there, and then suddenly. Mm-hmm. People are paying attention and you don't even know when the, when that switch was flipped because it was so gradual.
5: Well, thank you so much for uh, coming on, uh, Matt. And uh, yeah. no, we didn't get any personal stories from uh, uh, Hedgehog Matt today, which I'm beside um, yeah. myself. <laughs> no, uh, no insights into, uh, into other uh, Matt's life. Can we have a, an insight or two? Uh,
3: uh, we do for the rest uh, of the day, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, What's an insightful uh, okay. thing that happened this week? Come on. You an interesting and varied
4: life.
2: Uh, i saw fantastic beast with my mom a couple of days ago and i was confused oh. why zoe kravitz wasn't in the movie and then i, I looked that up later our, our friend vaughn told us that she died in the previous one <laughs> I, I <just> totally <laughs> yeah but it's oh
4: like it's God. harry potter stuff they can come back you know yeah, yeah.
5: the that, only she's... thing not in harry
4: potter is trans people you know
5: like a, oh yeah uh, saw, and, uh, and her yeah. agent has gotten too good she's in kimmy and uh actual movies now. So.
4: Yeah, Kimmy. Uh, I mean, no, I'd say the actual movie is Kimmy. The other movie is yeah.
5: very good.
2: And I saw Labyrinth with her <laughs> yesterday, which she hated. <laughs> well, she movie. hated Labyrinth? I, yeah, wait. She, she deep sighed like three times during the movie. <laughs> oh, wait. You
4: mom went mom. to see Labyrinth with Zoe Kravitz? <laughs> with my mother.
5: Your mom's Zoe Kravitz.
4: Your mom's
2: Zoe Kravitz? Yeah, exactly.
3: Oh, okay. Well, that's
5: wish. a revelation for the week.
4: Okay, yeah. So, yeah that, that's,
3: that's <laughs> like, okay.
4: Those who are keeping Matlaw, Law, his mom... Is Zoe Kravitz.
0: Write that down. Write that down. Yeah.
1: Well, this has been a delight. Thanks so much, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I'll be uh, I'll be tuning in as always. Thank you.
4: Um, do you want to? You. I, mean, I mean, I don't imagine anyone that's listening to this that does not already follow you on Twitter. But do you want to
1: plug your excellent Twitter profile at Moturn Media and my personal phone number six zero three six four four zero zero four eight.
0: He will respond. He will respond.
4: I don't know. I've not. I've not <laughs> tried <trying laughs> messaging it from the UK. I'm too scared. I, I, I did
0: try. I did try once, but I had to. Yeah, I had to jump through some hoops after and I was like, I, it's fine. I'll tweet him. I'll tweet him to write a <laughs> Chan song. It's fine. <laughs> oh.
1: All right, well have a great night. Thanks, guys. Thanks Thank you very much. Thanks for uh, talking oh, yes.
5: sexy on the Skype call. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know <laughs> that line, Matt, but I I, I, think you'd, uh, I hope you it. know that line. <laughs> I don't, but I'll, I'll roll with it.
1: <laughs> it's one of yours, but
4: that's fine.
5: <laughs> Even better that you don't. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, yeah.
1: And that's straight out of the pit, too, right? You know that?
5: Yeah. Uh, sure, we do.
3: Yes, sure. A,
4: stripey jumpers language. and sexy Skype calls, the
1: pit. We stole oh. we stole that line from the pit. When you watch The Pit again, keep an ear open for it. will do. Yeah, we'll Thank do. you so much, Pat. Right. And I See will. You, All Thank right. Thank you. I'm Charlie
6: Roxburgh, you're so talented. You are very good at movie maker. You're the director of lots of great movies like Freaky Farley and Slingshot Cops. Charlie Roxburgh, you're so good with a of shots done in one day yeah oh my goodness Charlie Roxburg, all time super duper talented movie director And